0: Well, good morning to everyone. I don't know if you all heard me, so I'll try that again. Good morning to everyone. You guys were worshiping so awesome when I was sitting at the front. And I would argue some of the best seats to worship are in the front because you get all this choir behind you singing songs of praise to God, and it's incredible. And one thing I noticed through all the songs and everything that's been said up to this point is that we are a church that believes that God speaks to you, that God leads you. And I want you to be aware, if you're not a churchgoer today, that God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to help you in the lows and the highs. He understands this world is hard. He recognizes sin that's here in this world. And he wants to walk you through those valleys of shadow of death. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, as we go to your word, speaking of Father's Day, we know that you want to speak to us. We know that this world chose a path of rebellion against you, God. And in the midst of our rebellion, you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, being fully God and fully man, who dwelt amongst us for 33 years and was accused of a death, accused of a crime he didn't commit, and he was killed on the cross. And even that was your plan, God. It gave us a way to be reconciled to you so that we could have communion with you, that we could speak to you, that we could have a relationship with you. And so, Father, I just pray today as we as dads go into your word, that you would bring the truth out to us. It would make sense to us. You would speak to us. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Now we as a church, I am so excited about this fall and before I get into the message, I just wanted to say that I am probably more excited about this next year with our church than I've ever been as a pastor. And that might be a little bit weird because I'm in my late 50s and I've pastored for a while. But God has led us and directed us as a church in such exciting pathways, myself personally. And it really is about hearing God. And so we're looking this fall at kind of opening up and unpackaging and teaching a whole series on hearing God. And we need a few leaders to help us with that. And over the next few months, we need some leaders to get trained so that we can have small groups that will help lead people through hearing God. And we'll be doing a preaching series, small group series. We want you to connect with God. And so if you're interested in being one of those leaders, please talk to Pastor Wes and do that. That would be awesome. So I've loved Father's Day for a long time, and that's even though my dad passed away 10 years ago. Well, it was about 12, 13 and uh, even though he passed away years ago, yeah, my heart is sad, I miss him terribly. You need to know that my dad who raised me was my stepfather. And my stepfather stepped into a young widow's life, my mom, who had two boys, 10 months apart, and he stepped in and he raised my brother and I along with his three children. And I want to honor my dad today because here's something I discovered over the years. As a pastor, I on occasion, now if any of you have uh, put together blended families, I will tell you as a pastor, having counseled a lot of blended families, it's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. There's lots of reasons, lots of dynamics, lots of authority stuff that goes on, but I can tell you blended families are really tough work. So if you're doing that, hats off to you, because my dad, my stepdad, did that for me. And as the years went by, the more people that I met in blended families, the more I read and understood about it, even though I grew up in a blended family, I would phone my dad up on Father's Day and inevitably I would say to him, Dad, I can't believe what you and Mom did. You took two families, made them one, and for the most part, we hardly had a hiccup. I can tell you that the blended family works so well with my mom and dad, my sister, my stepsister came to visit me yesterday, surprised me, came to my house. And we sat down and we're like just blood, even though we're not blood, even though she's from my stepdad's first marriage and I'm from my mom's family. But my mom and dad made it work, and it was incredible. And We had a good family, and we grew up, and it was beautiful. And I often would tell my dad, good job, dad. Don't get me wrong. Mom and dad were not perfect, and we'll get into that at the end of the message. But I had a good childhood. So today's Father's Day. And you're here as a father, and I want to say to you, happy Father's Day. Good on you for taking the responsibility to raise a kid, or if three, or if you have a certain German background, (laughs) ten. So let me ask you this morning, what is a father? What is a father? Now I want to tell you that my stepdad he grew up in church but for whatever reasons he chose not to go to church anymore he still believed in Jesus but he didn't go to church anymore and I used to always tease him dad you're you're kind of bringing me up with all the good and great principles of the scriptures but kind of once removed Kind of once removed. So when I became a dad, and my wife grew up in a solid, good Christian home, when I became a dad, my wife often would have to pull me aside or I would have to ask her, what does a Christian dad do at this point? How do I live that? So this morning, answering the question, what is a father? I want us to go to three passages and then we're going to end with the fourth one to talk a little bit of reality stuff. So what is a father? Point number one... A father is loving, and I debated putting this next bit in, but I did, and not a jerk to his children. (laughs) A father is loving and not a jerk to his children. Colossians 3.21, you have to hear what it says. Fathers, this is in the Bible, fathers do not embitter, and I was tempted to get a different translation, but I'll explain in a minute. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Now, I don't do this an awful lot. I'm not even going to tell you what the Greek word is. I have it written down. But the original language that this was written in, the word embittered, or in the Greek, literally means provoked to anger, tease too much, Frustrate the kids till they just want to give up. Never saying a nice thing to them. Never encouraging them. Just always nails and, and hardship and, and pressuring and pushing. That's what this text is about. Fathers, don't embitter your children. Oh, by the way, my kids knew these verses and they would often quote them to me. And I want to take us to point number two. Point number two, a father is more than crazy rules and a taskmaster. Ephesians 6, 4, which often we look to as the sister verse or the identical verse as the previous passage says this. Fathers, do not exasperate. So it's using a different word, and I'll explain why. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So you remember the previous word was provoking to anger. Well, this is a actual different Greek word. And it has more of a sense of being unreasonable and unloving, all tough and no love. In other words, as we read this text, show your kind side. And when you read through the verse, it says bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And this isn't referring to, by the way, especially in context, it's not saying to dads, now you better be tough and you better be hard and you better tell them the truth and they better follow it. Actually, what it's really saying, this whole idea of not exasperating and with the previous verse, not provoking, this really is a passage that says, dads, sit down with your kids. Teach them things. Show them about life, and, and even more of a sense, not completely as in wrote words that you say, but actually by example. Uh, let them be involved in your work. Even take them to work once in a while, and I know that's tough in the oil field, but fathers, be involved. Be involved with your kids. My dad used to, we had a field right across from the house I grew up, and he used to come out and play baseball with us. There was five of us kids, and so we were almost a baseball team in and of itself. My dad grew up in height. He played ball with all the height guys, and I got to grow up with my dad playing baseball. When my dad was working on the car, I would go out and I would ask dad, what is that? He'd say, a spark plug. What is that? He'd say, that's an alternator." Whatever it would be. I grew up with my dad teaching me and my dad and I used to have a lot of conversations. But something began to happen in my relationship with my dad, and it wasn't my dad's fault. It was my fault. I became a teenager, and I stopped listening to my dad. And we would just argue and fight about everything. I remember my mom saying to me, Anthony, why don't you learn just to stop saying so much? Because I'd question everything. I'd always get angry at any response he had. I was convinced that my dad had no brains at all. And then I hit about 22, 23, and I realized who had the brains and who didn't. I'm not trying to tease and run down teenagers, don't get me wrong. There's lots of you teenagers that are awesome. My wife was a good teenager. But putting it all together, be kind and involved in your children's lives. We are to teach and train our children about God. And that teaching isn't just rote data or doctrine, it's by example. And it's with affection. By the way, in Jesus' day, most of the teaching was hands-on stuff. In fact, my personality would do much better with that. And for many of you who uh, have been in the school system and you're like me, a hands-on guy, you would have liked Jesus Day. Because if you wanted to learn to be a carpenter, you went and worked with the carpenter and he showed you how to do it. That's my kind of learning. And so in Jesus Day, even the intellectual, philosophizing, religious kind of teaching, you would walk along with somebody who was your teacher. And they would teach you with words and they would teach you with example on how to interact and react with people. Fathers, be involved. Be a part of your kid's life. And I understood this and I saw it a lot as a pastor. Sometimes your kids, when they're little, dads have a hard time relating to little ankle biters. I mean, they're just hard. They're just creating havoc and terror in your house. I have a little puppy right now, so I'm remembering what the little toddlers were like as my puppy tries to chew everything, and then my granddaughter, Una, who's eight months old, comes up and she chews on the things that the dog chews on. (laughs) But if you don't connect with your kids, when you finally wanna connect with them as adults, you won't be able to connect with them. So one way, obviously, to teach is by example. And as a father, one of the best things you can do, and this is my third point, If you're a dad today, the best way, and I love what Michael did, that was such, oh, by the way, I was gonna see if my youngest son Josh would let me hold him. He's six foot three. I thought if he kinda hooked on my hip and I could carry him up here. And then I remembered my back and how big and strong he is and I thought, no, this wouldn't go so well. I didn't think he would allow it, by the way. But one way that we can really be an example and teach our children and be involved in their life is to honor our own fathers, and this is point number three. The Bible teaches explicitly that we are to honor our fathers, and I love what Michael did with his dad and his grandpa. Ephesians 6, 2, and this is actually a quote from the Old Testament. This is a quote from thousands of years earlier. This is wisdom, friends. This is God speaking, listen to it. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise. Did you know that? Here's the promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. On Mother's Day, just a month ago, I used this verse, and I stated this then and I will state it now. You spend millions, billions on trying to get a long life. Here's a spiritual principle that'll do you well, honor your father and mother and you'll live long. It really is a principle that really does play out. My stepdad had honored his mom and dad as I was growing up and by example he showed me, Uh, they lived in Hythe, and we lived in Fort St. John once a month, we would drive down to Hythe to visit Grandma, Grandpa, until he died. But once a month, I can remember, every time we went down, Dad was rototilling her garden. He was down in her cellar, fixing some pipe or hot water tank. He was sometimes building or fixing windows, fixing her fence, whatever it might be. And he honored his mother. Just the way he treated her, the way he spoke to her, the way he made me speak to her and honor her. He really honored his mother. I thank my dad for following through on this biblical principle of honoring his father and his mother. This is teaching our children by example, by doing the right thing, about being godly people and following the teachings in the Bible. Think about this for a moment. Dismiss your mom and dad. Treat them horribly. Take advantage of your mom and dad. And let me ask you a question. What do you think you just taught your children on how to treat you? Treat your parents like garbage. And what do you think what goes around, comes around will happen? I wonder why my kids don't respect me. I wonder why my kids are so disrespectful to everybody else. You ever heard the saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Next time you see a behavior in your children, take a look in the mirror and say, maybe that's me. One little warning. This is the fourth and final point. A father and this is really needs to be understood as you're trying to be a dad that's doing the right thing, as you're trying to honor your father and your mother, a father is going to be imperfect. A father is going to be imperfect. I don't care how much you listen to God. I don't care how much the Holy Spirit is in you. This side of heaven, we do not have perfection. Now, I think Michael's dad is pretty close. He's sitting here. He's an awesome guy. And I think for the most part, I did okay. But listen to Romans 3.23 in the Bible. It says, for all have sinned. Every single father and mother have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The truth is, we all struggle this side of heaven until that seed falls in the ground, until we are buried in the ground and on that trumpet day when the trumpet blows and Jesus is in the clouds and the bodies come up out of the ground to meet Jesus in the air, until that perfection day, we will all struggle. So to the dads here, I know you try your best. Please know your efforts are noticed. Maybe not by, if you had a teenager like me, maybe not so much by me, not initially, but eventually God got a hold of me And to children of ordinary dads that are just like me, we're not perfect. I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Did you know that two of my four children were in counseling for a while as adults? And you know what? I was an okay dad, I thought. I mean, one of my kids in the counseling, it was because, now when I grew up, I laid in bed terrified at night, and so I said to myself, when I have kids, I'm not gonna let them lay in bed terrified. If I, if I hear them sneeze or hiccup, I'm gonna go and be with them. And so one of my kids, every night, this went on for three or four years, it really tested my mettle. They would get up every night, and in fact, they would come and stand by my bed, until I woke up because they didn't, They and usually even at that I'd see them and I'd scream and then my wife would scream. (laughs) But I would take this child and I would lay them in their bed and I would lay down beside them until they were asleep and then I went back to my bed. Do you know what got a hold of this kid? They felt abandoned because every time they woke up I wasn't there. I want to tell you that no matter your best efforts, parents, no matter how well you try to do it, fathers, your kids may be in counseling. And I tease my kids. they need. So I was an okay dad. In fact, my kids often will say to me, well, dad, one of the things you were good at was owning your sin, owning your mistakes. If you blew it, you had a temper, you did something wrong, you'd come to us and say, I am sorry. I apologize. And don't get me wrong. I wouldn't apologize just to keep doing it over and over again. I would try by the power of the Holy Spirit to change my behavior and become a better dad. But let me tell you, I've alluded you a little bit to this already. My wife grew up in the church. She knew the scriptures. She knew the teachings of God. She was used to hearing his voice. And often, and I gave her permission to do this, I would say, if I'm out of line, just like pull my ear aside or quietly. And so she'd often say, Anthony, you're exasperating our children. Anthony, you need to be more involved with the kids. You see, these are biblical teachings. Anthony, you need to sit down and read the Bible to me. You need to pray with them, Anthony. And so I did my best. But even at that, I am a fallen, sinful being saved by grace of Jesus. And even two of my kids, which I've helped pay for the counseling because I feel somewhat responsible. Even two of my kids have had to take some counseling. And I tell you that because dads are not perfect. And if you're a dad here and you're struggling, let me just give you some words of advice here. Pray. And I know for dads that's awkward, especially for a guy like me who didn't want to listen to his own dad's advice but I'm just telling you pray and you ask the God of heaven and earth, the songs that we send, you say, God, please speak to me. Please lead me. Please help me to be intimate and honest and open with my kids. Dads, be a student of God and his word and do your best. And children, honor your imperfect, broken dad. I remember the day, I think I was about 19 or 20, and I had started going to church about two or three years earlier, and so God had started to get a hold of my thoughts and my behaviors, and I remember hearing a sermon on a Father's Day about honoring your father, and I remember saying to God, what in the world can I do to honor my dad? I don't even live there anymore. And I got this idea in my head, and I understand now it was God's idea, It was this idea, I was kind of out of work at the time and I didn't know what to do about it. And I got this idea, I'm gonna go ask my dad some advice. And you might laugh and go, well, that's good. Well, no, I had never asked dad advice probably since I was 14. Because remember, my dad was stupid in my head. He had nothing to give me. He was old fashioned, antiquated, outdated, opinionated. Looking in the mirror, who was the opinionated, outdated one? And I remember sitting down with my dad in the living room, and I said, Dad, I'm out of work, and I don't know what to do. And he said to me, he said, well, what are your options? I said, well, I have this chance. i got a friend heading to Calgary, and Fort St. John at that time wasn't, I think it was 1982, it was a real tough time. And I have a friend going to Calgary, and I could go down there and see if there's any work there. And I remember my dad saying to me, well, why don't you go to Calgary? Just give it a week, he said. And if you get a job, you get a job, but if not, you can come and live at home again. And I remember thinking, wow, that was good. So I went to Calgary, I found a job, and my relationship with my dad was never the same. In fact, some of my siblings, when my dad died, said, you were one of the closest out of all us kids to dad, the stepson. Why? Because I listened to the scriptures, And I'm hanging on to that living a little bit older because Bulmer, man, we all die of heart attacks in our early 60s and I'm 58. So I'm holding on tight, honoring my dad. Dad, you're awesome. Hoping I can get a little bit of extra life. (laughs) I didn't grow up in church and even though my dad grew up in church, he chose to run on fumes and not reference the teaching of much of the Bible. So when I was a young Christian dad, I had to really rely on my, uh, my, my wife. At the end of the day, self-admission here, I was an average dad who has kids in counseling. By the way, don't try to figure out which ones they are. I'll be honest, they probably should all be in counseling <laughs> with me as a father. <laughs> I'm not trying to guilt you to be a better father. I'm asking you to do your best with what you know. And some of you need to know a little bit more. And let me tell you, this fall I'm excited too because we're going to do some parenting stuff. I'm not guilting you to love and honor your dad. I'm asking you this morning to do your best with your relationship that you have with him and talk to God and say, God, what can I do to restore and renew my relationship with God? You might just get an idea like I got. Please, please involve God in your being dad this coming year. Dads, do your best to be a good dad, an involved dad. And children of dads, and I think everyone here is a child of a dad, unless you were artificially inseminated and you don't know who your father is, which I don't think that happens. Honor your dad this week, even if he's passed away. Tell somebody about your dad. Honor him. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, and I love it, God, that you refer to yourself as a father. And even in that, sometimes because we don't have good earthly examples as father, we struggle with you being the father. But in the good, true, biblical, involved father who's loving, caring, and kind, Heavenly Father, teach us how to be dads. Teach us how to be children who honor their fathers. We thank you, God, for who you are, that you want to speak to us, and we want to get to know you better. So, as we have the rest of Father's Day to go, God, may we be better fathers and may we honor our fathers. And I'm gonna be honest, God, with my personality, I need your Holy Spirit so much. I have such a rebellious heart so many times. And your Holy Spirit is turning me into something that I was not. And I can look at the mirror sometimes, and I can see the reflection, and I can go, there's my Heavenly Father, there's Jesus. And sometimes I see my earthly stepdad, and I can say, that's good. And so I just pray, Heavenly Father, today, if there's a dad here that's maybe at the point with his children, he's, he's estranged, things haven't gone good, he hasn't been involved, you are the God of reconciliation. You are the God of restoration. You are the God of ideas. Would you restore that which moth and rust and and sin has destroyed? Would would you push back Satan and his liars? Would you begin to bring truth and love in our relationships? And for us who are children who maybe have struggled with honoring our dad because of a, a real tough situation that went on for years, God, would you give us new ideas and insight Would you help us to understand the principle that if we honor our fathers and mothers, it will go well with us. And we will live long in the land. And so God, we thank you today for the teaching of your word. These four simple points, these four thoughts and ideas, embed them in our mind, embed them in our behavior. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.